0: Welcome back to another episode of George in the Jungle. I am Aaron Smith and I'm with my steadfast leader co-host the legend George Vogel himself as we talk about your week in Cincinnati sports. But without further ado George it's been it's been quite a week since we last spoke. A lot of stuff going on, man, starting
1: last Thursday, which we'll get to right, right. on through uh, yesterday and, heck, even today. A lot going on, but that's sports in Cincinnati,
0: baby. It never takes an off day, ever. So we did have Coach Wes Miller on with us last night on the Bearcat Bounce podcast. I saw podcast, And he wanted to – He wanted to speak about probably the biggest news, uh, not NFL-related, but maybe the biggest news in Cincinnati. It's close, I would think, Um, even with how many Xavier fans seem to be interested in this (laughs) particular news. But uh, Aziz Bondiago is officially active on the roster for the men's basketball team. He is an, an alien transfer from Utah Valley. Uh, if not from a distant star somewhere out in the galaxy. But yeah. he, he brings a ton of athleticism immediately to this team. Yeah, I want a big deal for
1: you, C. And I, I think they felt pretty good all along that this was going to be the result. I don't think they thought they were going to have to go through all this to make it happen. I think they felt like he was on pretty solid ground with that second transfer and the criteria the NCAA laid out. Uh, it's a shame he had to miss the first what three games? Um, four. But four, four. Which one am I missing? I don't there know the answer to that. There was Chicago. There was uh, Eastern Washington. There was Detroit Mercy and Nku. That's four. Yeah, yep. first four games. Um, God, I went to all of those. How the hell could I forget? But great question. Uh, big deal. Obviously a big deal. You want to get them both. Jamil Reynolds would be nice to back it up, but we'll stick with the Z's right now and what that means for the Bearcats. And anyone who saw that NIT game between UC and Utah Valley State last March knows what this kid can do. It's so funny. I'm sitting there. I'll be honest. You know, I saw his name on the roster and his stats going into the game, and none of that does it justice when you see what this kid can do on the floor when it comes to altering shots things that don't show up in the stat line. Um, and I'm sitting there looking, I'm like, how in the world is this dude at Utah Valley State and UC doesn't have a guy like this? How does that happen? And little did I know then that, you know, what are we? Seven months later, or whatever, he, w- he would be activated and on the UC roster and ready to play for them tomorrow night against Georgia Tech. Um Again, his ability to alter shots, to block shots. Um, you know, everyone falls in love with the dunks, and that's great. Uh, he also has a little bit of an inside game with some moves and a little hook and, and you know, some turnaround fadeaways and things that I saw on his highlight reel that are exciting to have in a guy his size. And just the fact that a guy that size could move that well. Um, well, what a boost do you see? Because if there's one thing... They're lacking on this basketball team. I think they got the perimeter down pat, man. I've been so impressed with the two point guards. I mean, uh, both of them have been out of sight, and 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 the sky is a limit for Jizzle James and Day-Day Thomas coming in out of the junior college ranks, not missing a yep. beat, um, aggressive, uh, makes good decisions. You know, sometimes he may push it a little bit too much and want to take on the defenders inside. But I would rather him be that way than timid, okay? So I I love what I've seen out of the perimeter. And and C.J. Frederick, while he didn't have the greatest game Sunday, still had three assists, took good shots. Maybe he didn't make them. But uh, And Wes talked about what he means to the team and how he affects the game, even when he's not scoring. You have to account for him if you're the other team. Because if he starts going off on you, you're going to get buried. So they've got that taken care of. The one thing that I saw as the huge weakness was inside depth because you're having to play Odie and Vic. And, you know, you, we know that, you know, Vic tends to get gassed, right? Sometimes he's running up and down the court, and it's like he's in concrete shoes. He looks like Lurch. Uh, but Gotti plays his butt <laughs> off. Had a great game. Had a great game Sunday. I mean, seriously. He was he pretty did? much a guy on the court, but he played like it. 14 boards, 14 points. I'll take that any day of the week against any team. But now to have this guy come in and to have this factor in there and allow those guys, I know Wes said he'd rather play Vic 25 to 30 minutes instead of 30-plus in a game. He's going to be able to do that now. And and when a guy, you know, Odie got two quick fouls Sunday, and that was a holy moment that you're like, what are they going to do? And not again against NKU, but they were able to figure that out. That's not going to be as big of an issue now. And it just, it helps this team in so many ways. And you got to be happy for the kid to, to uh, go through what he's done, felt like that this was going to happen. And I know there's never any guarantees when you're banking on the NCAA to make the right decision. It's a damn shame it takes them four games into the season. They've already cost him four games. It's like, what have you guys been doing? You set this process up, and the process should be set up in a way that you let them know if they're eligible or not. Then you can appeal if you need to appeal, and let the other channels play out. And please get that wrapped up before the season starts, before November 1st, because the last time I checked, a year ago at this time, we could probably look at the calendar and say the season begins November 1st. The NCAA should have their crap together by November 1st. The fact that they let this stuff bleed into the season for an organization that's supposed to be there to help student athletes is infor- it's just unforgivable in my world. I, I, I You just want to, for lack of a better term, um, I don't want to say what I was going to say, but you just want to slap them upside the head. Because they need it. Well,
0: you threw a lot at me that I'm going to try and unpack here. Okay, I'm
1: sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got but,
0: nothing to do with this. I just. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. Uh, maybe. Maybe later in the show. But uh, no, the the point guard play will go all the way back there. Has been outstanding. Uh, there. I don't think. I think that they've been better than advertised, uh, yep. and I think, and I don't think they were advertised poorly. Uh, yep. I think that they that they've exceeded all expectations this early in the season, and I think that's super encouraging as you look ahead to having these guys both mentally and physically prepared when the Big Twelve season starts. Um, so I, I think that yeah, there's you absolutely have to be excited about that. You mentioned the perimeter defense being very good. The addition of Aziz gives you some rim protection though that you have not had right. uh, prior prior to. Um, that's not a knock on Odie and Vic. It's just not necessarily one of their high skill sets uh, right. by, com- by comparison to a, a guy who has, I believe something like a seven, what seven, four, seven, seven wingspan, something absurd. Um, and you can't replicate that yeah, when he jumps. I mean, yeah. He- when he jumps, he can touch the top yeah. of the backboard, like yeah, probably insane. could hang. He could probably hang on the backboard yeah. like, on the top. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's gonna add a different, a whole different depth to this defense and offense for that matter. Just rebounding in general, um, changing shots that are coming through the lane, which was something that was immediately fixed after game one. But at the same time, in a four game span, it was something that you saw backdoor cuts and what have you was something that this team struggled with at least in one game. Yes. Um, that all said. Yeah, he's going to offer you something completely different offensively as well that we have not had in a long time. Just a freak athlete who can throw anything down. I think the dunks are going to be electric, and it's going to put Cincinnati back on the highlight reel in ways that they have not been in quite some time. Um, And I think that's nothing but good for branding for the program and just getting anytime that you can be scrolling through social media, whichever one – Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, who cares? But And that's going to be something that's there often. Yep. Um, so that's, again, just another thing that's, that's good to see for this team. Um, <laughs> we Chad and I did a, a show after the Northern Kentucky UC game on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Saturday? Sunday, yeah. I can't Sunday remember. Sunday. Um, I thought, and maybe this is a hot take, I, I gave it. Again, last night, but I thought the game was aesthetically ugly. It was not a a fun game to watch. I I didn't think, and that's crazy to say in a game that you won by 24 points, you scored 90, um, but I, I thought that it was just not a smooth game. Um, as far as how they played offensively, not what we had been grown accustomed to watching in the first four game, three games at that point, um, with them moving the ball, moving off the ball as well as they had, and of course it was Northern Kentucky's zone that caused them to have to just kind of realign their offense on the fly. But I felt like they figured it out, and and
1: here's here's where I'm screwed, and I should have gone back and looked at this. Um, so i get to the game and i'm walking in i'm talking on the phone with my sisters about thanksgiving stuff the last thing i want to talk about and i discover hmm, the two tickets i have in my pocket are no longer in my pocket <laughs> So, long story short i walk back to the garage right mm. i left them in my car they fell out of my pocket when i took my phone out to talk to the sisters And I get back there. They're not there. So I call my kid who's coming to the game. By then, it's just about tip-off. He's pulling into the garage. And thank God his wife didn't come to the game either. She had something going on. He had an extra ticket. So long story short, I found the tickets laying on my garage floor when I got home. But I got into the game 10 minutes late. So I get in. And I think UC's down, like 10 to 9 or something like that. So... But when I got in, they started – I mean, they had that stretch at the end of the first half, which I thought was phenomenal. When when Day-Day had the diving steel, you know, Newman had a Mm. boxed out. Victor had a dunk inside. I mean, you know, there was a nice feed from Frederick inside. Um, When I got there, they started – maybe it was me – they started Maybe. offensively, they looked pretty darn good there at the end of the first half. And a lot of it is they were creating offense off defense. I mean, they were in, in the stretch I'm talking about. And 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 that may have masked some of the stuff that was going on earlier in the game. But um, when, when it was all said and done, I kind of took the whole as a fairly positive experience for UC to uh, pretty much curb stomp a team that they owed for last year. And I thought, they yeah, got that done. I mean, I, I thought um, and it, it may have been very ugly before I got there. I missed the ugly part. The stuff I saw was uh, pretty darn good, especially, you know, they started getting the ball in the paint against that weird little matchup zone thing, which NKU does very well. And that's going to serve them so well in their conference. And they may not be the team they were last year because I don't think they have quite the inside play they've got in the last several years. But it, but it may get there. It may get there. Um, but they're going to be a threat in that Horizon League, again, to take that
0: tournament bid. Yeah, I, it may have been just hangover from the football game that we'll get to uh, that was – You just hated anything that had a seat in it. it, it I, I said those exact words. I, it very well may have been. I'm not sure what – but I, I was – I was dozing off during the basketball game. That never happens. I was just – I was bored. I, I thought it was, an, again, an aesthetically ugly game. Were you hungover? No, I wasn't, actually. I didn't drink the night before. Um, but I, I just felt like they played more isoball than they had all season. They, they, Again, they just weren't moving the ball the same. They weren't moving off of the ball the same, and it was just a different look offense. There were, there were a couple times that I thought there were
1: some things forced or whatever, but I thought overall – and I thought, uh, actually, uh, James and Thomas both I thought started doing a really good job of penetrating. There were several nice kickouts. Um, I, I I thought Seamoss played very well, even though he wasn't a big time scorer. But but he did some things I liked, and I think he ended up with seven assists or something in the game. Which I think so. look at the stat line, it kind of proves out what my eyeballs were looking at. Um, I mean. I, yeah, seven assists. I, I thought overall when I walked out of there, I was pleased now that I, you know, what I'd like to see them win by 30 after what happened last year. Hell yeah. And that's why I'm sitting. I mean, I, I after what happened last year and I am not an NKU hater. I know a lot of people around, I want nothing but success for that program, but man, oh man, the raft of crap I took last year when I wore this shirt, this shirt, um, who <laughs> around northern kentucky people and good for them they did get the win last year and against that same ugly ass zone i think uc scored 11 points in the second half last year and i think they were yeah, that was 40 this year
0: right yeah they had they had in the second half points uh 45 they scored forty-five each half. Yeah, and I think last
1: year they had like forty-five at the half and scored eleven from there on out. This year, um, you know, they got they got it done. I, I give them a lot of credit for that game, um, and and I expect what I've seen. You know, I, I've read on Georgia Tech and what's going on. Um, I think the Bearcats should be in position to bust out to uh, a 5-0 and o record here, which would be a nice start given some of the stuff they were dealing with, with like two of these big men uh, not being eligible. And and getting back to that, and it's great that Aziz is eligible and all that, but if, as Wes says, that, that Reynolds has checked all those seven boxes and filled the criteria and all that, and now he's going through this, and, and if it's true, the NCAA, and I have no reason to doubt it because Wes said it, that the NCAA told him that, well, we'll get to that in December. Are you freaking kidding me? The season has already started. This guy's losing games. It's a guy who transferred for legitimate reasons. I get the whole two-transfer thing. Okay, then don't allow it at all. Just say forget it. No matter what happens, you're not eligible. But this dude's losing time to show what he can do. You know, he's got a chance. If he doesn't play in the NBA, he's got a chance to play in Europe or somewhere else and make good money playing basketball. And they're ripping that opportunity for him to show what he can do when certain scouts show up. And I I just, I can't, I I guarantee you, these people that review these cases are gonna be off probably tomorrow, certainly Thursday and Friday. And so they're taking off days and vacation days and they should enjoy Thanksgiving, but get your damn job done first before you go off for the holidays. It should have been done before the season, and I don't understand what they're doing with this. I think it's it's terrible. Whether the NCAA is right or wrong in their ultimate decision, it should be made before the season and and not be robbing these kids of potential games. And if they're sitting there saying now, uh, well we'll look at it in December, are you freaking kidding me? This kid's missing games. Uh, to me, it's it's something you know. There's. There, there's times you can just go barging in the court to get things done. This is one of those times, and I, I just, I couldn't believe it when I heard that. I just think whatever they're doing to uh, Jamil Reynolds and however they rule, we may have a freaking law case, a lawsuit either way.
0: It just blows my mind that again, you you brought up the the seven boxes. You check all the boxes. There shouldn't be anything to review. It's done and done. But this is what happens when you de- when you decline everybody initially and you send them to waivers and you're in no hurry to even give them the initial
2: right. reaction.
0: And then you're in absolutely no hurry to get to the appeal. The only thing that seems to push anything along seems to be threat of lawsuit because, well, they just simply aren't successful in a court of law at this point. Which Nobody very likely won't. looks like what happened here with, with Aziz. So I don't know. Maybe maybe you just got to step on their throat. Uh, It doesn't seem like Yost is ready to back down. It looks like things going on with uh, the uh, the kid from West Virginia, I believe. Um, Looks like that's escalated as well now, and it it sounds like they
1: botch this thing just like they botch things every time they try to do something. It seems like
0: they're on worse enemy.
1: Yeah, and look, I, I mean, I this transfer thing and the portal and nil and all that that's fine and dandy but they they never like even the beginning of nil was the wild wild west these coaches are like we don't know exactly what we can and can't do we think we know some stuff but there's no bold lines here to follow there's no and i i i don't get it and and that to me if i'm the ncaa and i went through what they went through after all that started i would make darn sure this year going into football season and going into basketball season and every other season that I would have this stuff buttoned up before the season begins. And boy, oh boy, they couldn't even do that. I mean, you talk about the gang that couldn't shoot straight. It's an embarrassment.
0: I couldn't have said it better myself. That said, while the Bearcats had a huge addition to their roster, the Cincinnati Bengals, had a huge hole left in their roster after their last game on Thursday. I don't even know what to make of this whole situation. I was very upset, as we talked about at the beginning of the season, when we didn't have a good backup quarterback on this roster. And that has come back to kick this organization right in the junk. yeah Yeah. well yeah
1: and it's we've talked about this backup quarterback thing and brandon allen may be the better option that they had right there with them yeah Uh, we'll see what browning does um he looked okay the other night but then again he you lose a guy like joe burrow you got that's a problem for this bengals team They can lose anyone, I mean, but you can't lose him. And so where do they go from here? You just got to grind it out as best you can. That defense has got to get back to playing the way they were, not giving up all those explosive big plays. My God, Uh, I don't know what's happened here because, you know, that was a buttoned-up part of their game. And I suspect some of it may have to do with the change at the safeties, Um, you know when when you had the two guys they had last year you know that that was two studs playing at safety that made yeah. big plays in the run game made big pay, plays in the pass game came up with sacks and you know they're not getting that out of that position right now that's not the whole thing but the the number of explosive plays that they've given up in the past couple of weeks you know, we said that they killed him in the Houston game, killed him. Uh That was the difference in that game, and Joe Burrow played that game. So without Joe Burrow, that defense has got to get its act together and quit giving up all these big plays and give that offense a chance to do something. I I, I was – you know, the, the Burrow thing was a disaster. We know it was. Uh th- this, this division is still to be had. I mean, it's still – you know, even though Baltimore's kind of out there a little bit, but the Bengals got issues because, you know, w- what are they in the division? I know they're no damn good. In the, they're one and five in the conference, um, oh and three in the division. Um, so, so the division is almost out the window. They're going to need a miracle there. But even when you go to get a playoff spot, uh, a wild card spot against the rest of the AFC, I mean, you're in trouble there now, too. Here's what makes
0: me mad about losing Joe Burrow, though, George. Yep. It is Cleveland loses Nick Chubb, who is arguably the best running back in the entire NFL when healthy. Yeah. And they they replace with Jerome Ford, and they replace with Kareem Hunt. Cincinnati, if Joe Mixon were to go down, they would have nobody, and Joe Mixon they refuse to use use incorrectly and can't establish a run, and that's a whole different story anyway. Uh, Cleveland also loses Deshaun Watson. Cleveland continues to win in this division. Cleveland continues to win games. They don't lose a beat, having lost, again, the best running back in the arguably in the entire NFL, and a $230 million guaranteed dollar quarterback who is supposed to be a very bright spot on your team. Pittsburgh continues to win games. Not this past week, but they continue to win games, having one of the worst quarterbacks starting quarterbacks in in the league I don't think anybody is going to bat for Kenny Pickett nope and again they continue to find ways to win games Baltimore finds ways to win games with a quarterback who continues to have only a tight end around him um I guess you could argue obj but obj is a shell of himself he, he's
1: he's coming play. on now he's played better here the last few weeks I, I don't know what's going on there if he's getting healthy or what, but somehow, yeah, he's starting to make some plays again,
0: which is surprising because I thought he was a shell of himself too. But Lamar is an MVP, um, and they have an an amazing defense. Um, So Baltimore's probably in the best spot out out of the other teams, not the Bengals. But the Bengals, it's beyond me how Joe is out in a game that you are still in and they just – they stopped playing. It looked – I mean, you, you I'm sure you watched the game. That's Yeah, I did. They, they just offensively and defensively just shit down their leg. Well, that's something you can't allow.
1: It's not right in the professional level that that happens, but it sucked the air out of that whole team. I, I I don't excuse it, but that's what it looked like to me. And they're like, "Oh man, we're really you know just like the fans were doing. Ah, screwed now. You you can't think that way." And I I, I don't know that they let it quite get that far, but but that's what it looked like. You're right. It looked like they just kind of I don't want to say packed it in, but they certainly didn't have any swagger or anything after that. They, and, and the end of the first half showed that. I mean. You know, after after Burrow throws that last pass, which ironically was a little dump off the mix and for a touchdown, um, Baltimore goes and scores 14 straight points before the end of the half, and that was pretty much that. I mean, they, they were pretty much cooked at that point. Um, and we'll see how they respond this week with the Steelers coming in. You know, the, the, the Steelers, and, and you talk about them, they, they're getting it done, and Cleveland's getting it done, with defense, and Baltimore to a degree is doing the same thing. Um, th- that Browns defense is ridiculous right now, mm-hmm. and the yep. Steelers defense. Whereas, um, you know, it, it may not get up there in the stats with yards and all that. When it comes to giving up points, they're tough, man. They 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 turn it on. They make plays. I think they're, I think they're number one in the league in turnover differential, and the Bengals are right behind them. But but they just make plays at the right moments, and and they're living off of that. I, I saw a stat today: the Steelers have not outgained a single team in a game this year. That's Every insane. They have been outgained. I know. That's insane. Register. How do you win? How do you have a winning record when you do that? Well, you, even though you're giving up a little more yards, you got a defense that's making plays, and when it when it when it matters. They're making plays, and they're not giving
0: up those big explosive plays, okay? George, we've seen it all season. Well, we've, we've seen this all season for the Bearcats. Oh, yeah. Plenty of teams. When they're and off the, it. The Bearcats have outgained out plenty of teams and not found ways to win those games. Because they
1: never make explosive plays. When there's a guy wide open down the field, the pass is not completed. Right. You've got to hit those. And then pretty soon – What you were getting earlier in the season is five and six yard gains are now three and four yard gains because you've proven you can't hit the long pass. You can't make the big plays. So people suck up in the box and then all of a sudden you can only, I mean, you know, Corey Kiner and Miles Montgomery and and Ryan Montgomery can only juke so many guys or break so many. If they got 10 guys around them, they're not getting anywhere.
0: We'll get into the Bearcats conversation, but back to the Bengals. Um, you brought them up. I know, I know. Uh, and so one of the big headlines that went around this week, and I'm sure you've seen it floating around, is this hip drop tackle that Logan Wilson injured Mark Andrews on, injured Lamar Jackson on, injured uh, Odell Beckham Jr. on. And the issue that I take with this is – First off, it's still a legal tackle. So anybody who's upset, be upset at the NFL, not at a player who's making a legal tackle. Call it dirty, call it clean, whatever you want to call it. It's a waste of breath to even be having these conversations considering it's still a legal tackle. That said, um, I, I, I also think that the refereeing crew around the NFL at this point in time, maybe it's because we have HD 4K TVs now, And maybe it's always been this bad. Maybe it's because betting is allowed everywhere at this point, just about in these United States, uh, call it what you will, but I don't want to put an arbitrary guess into these referees hands any more than all of the things that they are already botching. So you've already got hitting above the shoulders, helmet to helmet,
1: um, and i saw the tackle on on andrews and it looked like a tackle to me like explain this hip drop thing to me because to me it looked like a guy just running down another dude
0: and it's he tackle it's so it's where you're behind a guy and you just kind of swing your body underneath to bring them down like you use the momentum from dropping your legs To swing yourself to bring somebody down. I just, I, I, yes. There, there's how
1: I don't, is that something that's now being taught all over the place? It's something new. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I, it's like, I don't either watching football forever and I've never never heard anyone bitch about this. Uh, Maybe I've been watching the wrong football, but I've never heard anyone (laughs) bitching about this the way they were bitching about it at the end of last week. So I, 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 if that's something that they need to address, and maybe they do talk about it, and if it's if, if it's a safety issue, I, it just looked like a tackle to me. I mean, I, I agree. Defenders can only control so much. Right now, they're getting hammered. DBs have no chance to do anything against a receiver. I mean, they get called for everything. Right, everything. They 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 have no chance um it just it, it then then you've got defensive linemen who are 300 pounds coming after a quarterback and if the quarterback lets go of the ball on the pass and you happen to hit him, you're screwed well the ball was out hitting on the you hitting but you and
0: you also can't land on him go,
1: and then you're you also do not know if they're going to pump fake or not it's like what are you supposed when are you supposed to hold up
0: what do you expect these guys to with, do? with the quarterback you also can't land on him Right, you, you can't hit him low. You can't hit you're, him high.
1: You're a guy, and it's like, okay, your momentum's
0: all going this way. You're going to fall
1: on him, and you're supposed to kind of like act like Contort. you're flying off a kayak or something. It's so stupid. I mean, they, they've got and, – and now if they add this to it, I
0: I, I just – I don't understand. I mean, you're tackling I, guys. I just don't want the referees to – I. I already feel like they're doing a bad job but i think that that's largely in part due to the fact that there are so many rules in place for what is a tackle what is a catch what is and all of these things that are entirely too arbitrary i agree and and i will say this i will say that this
1: year and i know people i'm going to get killed for this but i've watched a lot of nfl games and there's a lot of plays i see called a certain way and i'm like no way and then I see the replay, I think they've done a pretty nice job for the most part. You know, I, I think they have, uh, considering everything they've thrown at them. They've thrown a lot, but a lot of these roughing the passers and these I, – I mean, okay, let's go back. I, I think it was the Baltimore game uh, with the Bengals, and there were those two-pass interference plays on on the Baltimore touchdown drive. I mean, the first mm-hmm. one was questionable enough. That one I'm like, God, mm-hmm. I don't – Think so. I mean, I, 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 the second one, I don't even know if the dude hit him and they threw a flag and it was pass interference on the defense. And it, it's like those were terrible. Of, the I don't, was a, I don't, game.
0: But I I don't recall which one, done a fair job. I don't recall which one, whether it was the first or the second one, but I believe one of them was just a crowd reaction. The crowd was so booing so loudly. The flag came out so late. It was, they That's were, almost, the They were almost back in the huddle, and they're throwing the flag.
1: If you think you see it, throw the flag. You can always pick it up after, you know, they have their little conference, and the guy can just say, I screwed up. Um, Pick it up, no foul on the play. But when these things happen, and the crowd's booing, and the guys are running in, and then someone throws one in five seconds after the play, I got a big problem. It's like, if you thought it was enough to throw the flag, why the hell didn't you throw it when you saw it? Um, and I know sometimes you got to think, uh, well, then it, if you got to think that much on a pass interference, then maybe it was a pass interference. I think they throw that flag. I, 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 I hate that call. I, I, I mean, yes, you have to have that rule in there. I get it. You can't have them tackling guys going for balls and all that, but that play. And then, then any time a ball's under thrown, there's going to be a pass interference. Um, and, and these DBs do have to do a better job of getting their head around and finding the ball. But they're also watching the dude running those routes so they can stay up with them. So you're asking those DBs to do, you're asking them to be miracle workers. And and I have felt bad for them when they started changing those rules probably in the eighties and nineties. And it started changing a lot. I really started feeling bad for defensive backs. Um, and, and God bless sauce Gardner. I know he got that penalty for unnecessary roughness in the jets game, well, but watching him, uh, I'm glad you're home wife. Well, I'm always talking. I'm so, but but <laughs> they showed a lot of ISOs of him in that game. And, and the job he was doing um, w- was phenomenal. Um, gosh, I can't even remember the receiver. He was almost, and I was the best receiver. I can't even remember who they played now. But, I mean, he was shadowing a really good receiver and frustrated the hell out of him. That, that was a phenomenal uh, – you talk about a DB that's got it, you know, built like a spider and moves like a cobra. He's amazing.
0: They were playing Buffalo.
1: Um, oh, so it was so- Stephon Diggs. There you go. Oh my God! I mean, you know how hard that guy is to cover. I and can only imagine. Created the heck out of him. That that was that was a tremendous job. He's still getting it done, like he did at UC. Uh,
0: so, just last thing on the Bengals here. Uh, they do play Pittsburgh, as we've talked about. Uh, the Bengals somehow, some way, according to ESPN's FPI, given a forty-eight point four percent chance, which is unbelievable to me. Um, Pittsburgh only favored by a point the over under on this game 34 and a half. I don't know I I don't know what to make of any of it. Well, again, but well, we don't because we don't know what's going
1: to happen with Jake Browning and how that's going to shake out. I mean, that's. Right. um I I hope he does well. The dude's been around 4 years on practice squads. Uh this will be his first start. Seems like a confident guy. Um I kind of liked him at Washington. I mean, I think he started a lot as a freshman. Um I've always been somewhat impressed with him. So hopefully he plays well enough to get a win at home. But, again, Pittsburgh, their defense is getting it done with turnovers. And uh, I did say before the season, I thought the Steelers would be a problem in this division. I just about got laughed off this podcast. Um, But I said (laughs) that because I thought Kenny Pickett might kind of make a nice leap in his second season that, that's if, if I'd known if I'd seen what he's done and what that offense has done so far I would have been so far off the Steelers bandwagon I never ever ever would have thought they would be a problem in the division given what that offense has done and today they fire their offensive coordinator um Matt Canada, Canada. yeah he's been around here there everywhere so they're running, this is interesting too. Their running backs coach will be the offensive coordinator, but their quarterbacks coach will call the plays. So don't even, that doesn't even make sense. No, it's so funny. Um, and, and I saw another thing or heard this and I should have looked this up before I got in. I forgot about it. But now that we're talking about the Steelers and this change of coordinators, this is the first change on a coaching staff, the Steelers. 41 years. Yeah. How is that possible? Like, they've never changed an assistant or, you know, obviously they haven't fired a head coach. They've only had three since 1970. That's insane. Um, It's totally insane. But that's the Steelers' secret. I mean, that's their secret. That's how they operate. And they have a system. Their coach knows the system. They draft for the system. And a lot of the system, when I say system, I'm pretty much talking defense. I mean, that is just – that is their thing. Uh, that, that's been their calling card from the time I remember watching the, uh, I don't care about Terry Bradshaw and, and, and Lynn Swan and Stallworth and Frank, those guys, great offensive players, great offensive linemen have come out of Pittsburgh, but defense has
0: always been their thing and it's their thing this year. Well, talking about the defense, Micah Fitzpatrick and Montrevious Adams, their defensive tackle, um, Fitzpatrick being one of their safeties, uh, both questionable. And then on the Bengals side, Sam Hubbard, Yoshi, Iosavas, and T Higgins, all questionable. So we'll That'd see. It'd be
1: nice if, if Fitzpatrick didn't play, and that guy is just an absolute thief back there. Um, he is. He's been everywhere. In the pocket more than once. Yep. Um, so I, I, I wish no ill will, but uh, if he needs
0: another week to get healthy, that's fine with me. It'd also be great for Browning to have all of his weapons at his disposal, as opposed to running low on receivers. And before we get completely
1: off the Bengals,
0: it was good to see them
1: throw a couple of these kind of, I wouldn't even call them screens. They did on the broadcast to mix them, and both of them were burrow hitting with one and that little reeking out of the backfield for the touchdown. Wasn't really a screen, but they were using him in the passing game a little bit and, trying to offset that pass rush and Browning hitting for a nice little uh dump off screen. If they uh, just
0: watch this podcast. And it's like, what well, but where has that been? For God's sakes. Joe Mixon is a good receiver. If they just watch this podcast. We've been talking about Mixon all season. We get I, it.
1: I, I have not understand I have not understood that since Joe Mixon put on a Bengals uniform, why he isn't utilized more there.
0: Oklahoma did it. When he was in college, that they did, sir. Uh, that said, the last topic here: um, the Bearcats have senior night. I don't, I don't even really want to get into X's and O's of the West Virginia game. West Virginia puts up 600 plus yards of offense, uh, largely in the run game on your Cincinnati Bearcats. It was a horrendous game. Uh, you already have guys entering the portal, uh, or at least one so far Uh, but senior night is upon us football season's almost over george we're almost there yeah and i i yeah i hate to see it because i hate to
1: see a season like this and i wish there was more time to make up for what's happened but there's not and i thought if they could end and i'm an idiot i'm just a bleeping idiot because last week I really thought after the Houston win and the way they looked in that game and played defensively and I didn't see all the missed tackles that I'd seen in some other games, I thought they were coming around and they were starting to play as a unit on both sides of the ball, to be honest, and they went to West Virginia and and laid a dinosaur egg. That was ugly, so ugly that generally – in preparation for this, I'll go back on the broadcast and look at some plays or some stuff that I see that right or what, you know. Go back. I couldn't even bring myself to re that game and look at another play. It There's was tough. Watch it in the toilet. It was awful. Look, here's what worries me. I, um, and yeah, I'm not saying the team and the coaches have lost the team. But that looked like a game where you're so damn flat i'm worried a little bit now and i've been worried but i'm more in line with people who are worried about the future of this program now i know it's early i'm not but there are plenty of examples around the country of teams that play lousy football for a while but the coaching staff is able to get them to a certain level by the end of the season where you see a little hope. Um, And that game sucked the hope out of me that anything positive comes out of this year, except that it was just a season that you flush away and pray to God there's improvement next year. Because I don't see a whole lot of reason for hope. That next year you're going to see a bowl eligible team. I just don't.
0: Well, I I'm don't. gonna, I'm gonna try and instill a little bit of hope in you, uh, because I've not quite given up. I'm, I'm, I'm still more on the side of I think there are things to be hopeful for, and I say that because you've gotten a ton of meaningful snaps for a lot of young kids, especially in a secondary that struggled this season. Um, so I think that that's a good thing. Uh, you also have a an entire offensive line potentially coming back um, should no one transfer out. Uh, that, that's also a good thing, especially for a team that ran the ball really well when all they could do was run the ball, which it's crazy that they finished, uh, They that they're going to finish as high and ranked as they are, considering we didn't pass the ball really well at well, all.
1: No, 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 no. You, you got no worry about
0: throwing the ball down the field with this bunch. Now, that all said, uh, um, this team, when they went into the transfer portal last year, the recruiting staff, the director of personnel, like all of the guys that they have now on the recruiting staff were not in place. Uh, so they, I don't think they were hired in officially until January. Um, so at that point, the portal was open. The portal was closer to closed than it was to open by the time you had your by the time you had your recruiting staff in. So at that point, you're you're playing so far behind the eight ball. So I, I think now you're going to have an entire – you've had an entire season to recruit your guys. You're going to have your first class coming in of guys you wanted in to start to breed your culture. And you're going to be essentially getting an entire transfer portal window to work with as opposed to a small window of guys that are essentially the, the bottom of the barrel. So what do you see happening next year at quarterback? I, I think he's going to have every chance
1: to fight you know, for I, that. I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. I, I have a lot of faith in that kid. I like some of what I've seen or a good bit of what I've seen. I wish he had had a little more opportunity this year, but I, I, I agree. He got hurt. He got hurt at West Virginia, and and I get that. And I'm not saying I'm giving up on the coaching staff and all this. I just think it may be a little longer turnaround and a little longer of a rebuild than I had hoped. And you're right. All those things last December and January play into this where, where they got in. I don't want to, yeah, they got in late. They did. It it was mass chaos with what happened. It really was. Um, But I just, I, I still would have liked to have seen some steady improvement in some aspects of the game as the season wore on, where coaches coach up. Now, all that being said, the team coming in this week, Kansas, gives you kind of a blueprint for how that ha- they're mm-hmm. they're tough. Now they're they're bowl eligible. They're not winning the Big Twelve, but it has been a slow and steady rise under uh, Coach Leipold. Um, he's done a great job. You're talking about a program that hadn't done squat in forever. Whereas Decades. UC, yes. Whereas UC has a recent pass that is very, very good. Um, so, so it can happen. I, I, I just wonder, will they go for another portal quarterback? I think they're going to have to get one there. I don't know. if he's I'll be
0: shocked play. if they don't.
1: Right. Um, but I, I, I was glad to hear Coach Satterfield say today that he's not ruling out Drogosh getting some snaps on Saturday. Right. I would love to see that. Just just get the feet wet and just let him see what it's like playing under those lights and in a
0: game like that. But I, I you don't just, want to, you don't want the first action that he sees, if he sees action next year, to be meaningful and right. have and, and have that be the first time that he's been seeing division one speed i'd much rather him see some of that speed in a game that doesn't mean anything without any pressure on him like just go out and play football you don't you don't have to win you don't have to make a big play just go out and play football
1: and i was i was able to watch some of that kansas kansas state game that was a hell of a game kansas should have won and they they kind of i don't want to say choked it away but um kansas was in decent shape in that game and then I think they gave up 14 unanswered to lose or whatever it was, but um, but that's a good team. They got a good running back. Uh, their quarterbacks are banged up. I don't know what's going to happen there, um, but they've got two good ones. Um, I don't know who's going to be able to play, but uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, they're what seven and four coming in, four and four in the Big 12, but they're coming off two straight losses, I believe, um, and both were at home. But both were close. And that's the other – Kansas has uh, only been blown out once, and that was by Texas. That, that was a game that, you know, was kind of out of reach um, by the fourth quarter. But the rest of their games have been probably one-score games. So that, that's a good team. And that that's that speaks to the Big 12. If they're 4-4 four and four in the Big 12 and three of those losses have been one-score games, I, I believe, um boy, this league from top to bottom is as advertised. Um I, I don't I don't yes. want to uh, how does Oklahoma State? And I know there was a lot of rain at Central Florida a couple weeks ago, Oklahoma State's on a roll, and they go to Central Florida and get beat like 35 to 3. And it was a monsoon in the first half, but shouldn't that favor uh Oklahoma State's running game a little bit? But <laughs> it, it did. This 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 conference is going to be a lot of fun for a lot of years. I just hope, you know, you see. Can next year we do see that improvement I've been talking about and and that development that you see, and it has been. It's maybe I'm a little rough on those coaches. I I just feel like there are teams you see, you see these steps, but you know it's it's kind of tough with with the positions they've had to fill in the portal. And I I, I don't know. I I just don't feel real good about this season at all because I expected, I expected what I got, but I expected to see some steps going along the way. I felt like the Houston game was a, a good step and I'm like, aha, they got it. And then you go to West Virginia and just, just, screw it up that bad yeah that 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 that's that's inexcusable from top to bottom and and hopefully this Kansas game is a good game because I think they're a pretty darn good team uh and, and they show a little pride and buck up and and get after it but you know they they're, they're going to lose some players here um you know there there's there's a lot of guys on this roster I think it's 20 some that are considered seniors and some of them may be back but you know, Ryan Montgomery won't be back. Malik Van won't be back. Jawan Briggs won't be back. Um, those guys will be missed because they've been really, really, really good for this program.
0: Yeah, coach said twenty guys are going to be walking on on Saturday, uh, but it is going to be a nip it night game. Seven thirty kickoff, I believe. Um, so it uh, should be yeah. should be one. It should be either way. I'm going to be happy that this season is put to bed. And, uh, uh, you know what?
1: I know I am gonna. I wanted a noon kick. I wanted this season over as soon as freaking possible. I did as well. On the um, basketball, especially after the news of uh, Aziz being eligible.
0: But Ryan Montgomery and Juwan Briggs did say today that they're both excited that they get to play one last time, nip at night. So for all the seniors getting to go out on a nip at night, good on them for that. Uh, hopefully they...
1: Two kids that are great examples of Bearcats. There they those, are. Those two kids. Ryan sure. Montgomery, through everything he went through with the injuries when he was in high school and come to UC and 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 see uh, wh- whatever the hell that kid does when he's out of UC, whether I, I don't know what his major, whatever, whoever gets that kid in their company or if he's a coach somewhere,
0: that dude's going to be a success. And thank the you to his way. mom. Thank you to his to his mom who showed up in the chat today for showing up in the chat almost all season uh, on all of our shows. Uh, she she's not one to miss many of our shows, so we appreciate you, Adele. Oh, I didn't know that, but yep, Yeah, She did a hell of a job with that young man. He's impressive,
1: very impressive, damn good football player too. I I wish he would have been
0: healthier this season when they needed like you know someone to catch punts. <laughs> <laughs> uh the it doesn't look like oh there it is um 37.1 percent for espn's fpi for the bearcats to win this one uh kansas favored by six and a half uh the over under 58 and a half kickoff looks like it's going to be about 41 degrees it's well, going to be a chilly there, one in the there, dark I'll be there i'll bundle up
1: i've i've had worse um but it'll be fun. I, I love those night games at Nippert, and it's hopefully they show up. I'm I'm really disappointed that they didn't last week. That that was just, I and and you know West Virginia's is a team that's probably they had their whole offensive line back for this year, um, and obviously they can run the ball a little bit as we saw, and and Neil Brown's had to grind, and he's been on the hot seat for a while, and you know when you when you see what they did to uc on saturday it makes me feel like you know the bearcats have a ways to go in this big 12. however a lot of that would have been different um a couple years ago because i i do believe you know i i don't think it was a fallacy when uc made that 14 playoff um Were they a top-four team in the country? I don't know, but they were certainly banging on the door, and they deserved that spot, and they didn't embarrass themselves in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, They had that kind of talent, and if it
0: happened then, it can certainly happen again in the next few years. I think when you're seeing the success of the guys in the NFL from that team, that it's not even arguable that they they, they belong there. Absolutely. Couple questions here in the chat. I wanted to get to. Uh, Randy asks, "How many Bearcats go to the NFL?" As we we're just talking about that, um, drafted or free agent. Um, oh my God! If I'm setting the over under at, we'll say three and a half on this team. Is Dante going to be back? If I'm setting the over under at three and a half, you taking the over? Or you taking the under? What for him being back? Uh, I you know. It, <laughs> I'm taking the under because I say he'll be
1: back because he likes I think, he's,
0: I think he's gonna be back as well.
1: Yeah. Um so Malik Van's gonna get he's to look. Some yeah, someone's gonna that that dude is a player. Um, I think he's gonna get a look for sure. Who else that's leaving is gonna get a look that you think? Um Jawan Briggs. Yep. Yep, Jawan will. Um Deshaun Pace, if he, unless. I would. I think there's, look. Um, I love Brian Cook from day one, right? Look at the way he's been playing for the Chiefs. Right. Um, I think, I think Deshaun Pace can play that kind of a position in the NFL and be successful. I may be crazy. But I, I think he can. I, I <laughs> and then you just look at the pedigree and look at the brother, and it's like you talk about an undersized dude that's doing yeoman's work. Um, and and I, 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 man, I'm telling you, I wish he would have transferred down here a couple years earlier because um, he was always a productive player for Miami, and he was a guy you had to account for in the MAC. And even when you did, uh, you know, I saw him get five sacks in one game, and they they knew who he was. They knew they had to stop him. He still got five sacks in one game, um, and what he's do, what what he's done this year, uh, someone's going to take a damn good look at him. So now we're up to three,
0: four on three
1: because that's Tom, three.
0: The only other one that I would have would be uh, Daniel Greshick potentially, uh, not based on what he did here, but what he did. Um, where was he at B was it BYU? It was no. I want to Utah say State. Utah State. Utah
1: yeah, State. State. Um uh, yeah let me let, let me go up and down the offense and see uh no. Probably not.
0: So, so I'm that's, three. I'm at three. That's where I'm at. Um but uh the other question oh, there will be others that do get For a sure. lot we're For not sure.
1: Throwing out there, and and there probably is off the top of my head, but but there will be there is every year, and these these NFL teams, um, they do not miss talent. They are looking at every division three school, division two. They you know they got people in their ears telling them, hey, this guy here just you know grew four inches and two hundred pounds over the last two years. You need to look at
0: him and they look at it; um, they uh, don't leave a stone unturned. Um, one more question here, but we'll, I'll drop that right before we talk to about your your high school stuff around the region. Uh, yeah, I but it. I but I do want to point out that the uh, FC Cincinnati head coach Pat Noonan was named the MLS Coach of the Year. So, hat tip to him on that. Well done, hilarious. sir. He and GM Chris
1: um, Albright changed the whole deal. They changed the whole bl- dynamic in Cincinnati and made them a top-tier club. And ironically, they both come from Philadelphia, and that's who they play this week in the conference semifinals Saturday night, eight PM, TQL Stadium. That
0: there you go that that'll be bring, an interesting. I was going to bring up the game as well. So,
1: yeah, Cincinnati should win. Um, Noonan's coach of the year. Uh, Miazga is uh, Matt Miazga is defensive player of the year, defender of the year, yeah. and Acosta could very well be the MVP when they name that. So it could be a clean sweep for Cincinnati. Now they got to go out and finish it off in the playoffs. Fortunately, that international pause is over. That that's the only thing that irritates me about so weird. I know. So you have that happen back in June, where they're off for two or three weeks for these international matches, because the players in MLS, it does make MLS a better product when they do that and let these guys go do that. But it still drives me crazy. That would be like after the wild card round of MLB playoffs, you go play the world baseball classic. And then you come back and finish the world series. Um, but that's where MLS is. The fact is, Over the last several years, and when I say several, I'm talking 20, the level of play has gotten much better uh, over here. And so um, they're doing it the right way. It seems crazy. It seems weird. It it drives me crazy. However, you you got to give and take, and that's what they're doing to make this a better league.
0: Yeah. Um, Then – Argue with it. Let's let's get to unless you got anything else. Let's get to your uh, your high school regional takes. Um, oh my word! Yeah, the, the question to uh, the the question we had was George. I don't know if you follow high school
1: football. East uh, Central, my God, Connor Cole. So I was out at East Central Friday night for that game against New Palestine, um, who was coached by Kyle, Kyle Ralph, uh, a Saint X grad, who's a his record at New Palestine is awesome and East Central wore them out. It was a rout, and East Central is going to be playing for the state title. Um, Quite honestly, people connected with Indiana football who know it very well said the state championship was last week at East Central. East Central dominated. I expect them to bring home another state title in Class 4A. They play Saturday afternoon. Now, it's 3 o'clock, and I don't know if that's 3 – I think that's 3 Eastern, but it may be 3 Central. Um, but it's three o'clock Indianapolis time. What's Indianapolis on? Are they on our uh, time now, or are they on Central time?
0: Now? I should I should know this because
1: my sister lives in. Be weird back in the day. They're Eastern. Okay, so it's three o'clock at Lucas Oil Stadium.
2: In the, no, Indiana right? used to be a uh, Indiana used to be a no daylight savings time state. Yeah, and I, I lost track of that.
0: <laughs> so. uh Connor said his high school coach – Kyle was his high school coach at Oak Hill. That's crazy
1: because he did coach some around here. And the way I understand it, his wife's from that area in Indiana of New Palestine, and that's how he ended up there. And uh, he's doing a hell of a job, uh, doing a great job. But they lost to East Central. So now East Central goes against Northwood uh, Saturday at 3. Uh, So that's a state championship game over there. Ohio and Kentucky are in the semifinals. Moeller against Springfield. Here's Springfield. Five losses in the season. And now here they are in the Division I state semifinal. Always dangerous. I don't know what's going to happen there. I would suspect Moeller wins. Anderson against Massillon, Washington in Division II. That's a state semifinal. They're playing that at the old Cruz Stadium, which is quite honestly, that thing should be raised. Um, But anyway, (laughs) that's where they're playing. Um, And Nate Moore coaches Massillon, Washington. He coached at LaSalle. Um, He coached a couple other high schools. He was an assistant around here for a while, but he went up to Massillon and has done a bang-up job there and has them in the state semifinals. And I'll tell you what – all you need to know about Maslin is that high school has its own indoor facility. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. Um, gosh, we lost Wyoming and Baden last week. Um, which, you saw so, Baden was destined for greatness. I thought Baden was going to win the state title. I really yeah. did. I, I was – man, the Rams disappointed me, but they had a great season. They've had a great run here the last several years. Kentucky – Class 2A, Beachwood at Mayfield. Uh, 4A, Paducah-Tillman at Covcath. Here's the game. I will attend. 5A, Cooper at Highlands. A Northern Kentucky showdown in the state semifinals in Northern Kentucky. Now, that's cool. And I, I think
2: that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, my God, Duran, I said hello. You know Duran? Which Duran. Duran Duran? Oh, no. Duran Alexander. Oh, okay. One of my favorite childhood stories ever. Do you know the Duran Alexander story, George? Sean's brother, right? He was in the band, right? Duran was a year older than Sean. Notre Dame gave him a full ride in the band. I know him. To go to Notre Dame. I knew him. And then Sean still went to Alabama. Well, I remember meeting – we had this banquet
1: at the end of the year for our high school all-stars, and Sean yeah. was one. Well, I met Duran there. He's like, he's like, yeah, I go to Notre Dame. And I'm like, you're playing football? No, no, no. I got a band scholarship. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's so funny. But you know how that works. I mean, how families are. Yeah, they were – Notre family. Dame. Well, they're musically inclined. It's so funny.
2: Notre Dame absolutely believed that if they gave Duran a full ride, Sean would be there. Yep. And Sean goes to Bama and did quite well
1: there. He's
2: okay. He's pretty yeah, good.
1: Did okay in the NFL, yeah. too. They're just
2: an MVP, and, you know, just. What a good dude. What a good dude. Love them both. I've known yeah. Duran. So, Duran graduated a year before me, but we were friends for five or six years in high school and then have been close ever since. Wait a minute. He went to Lloyd? No, I went to Boone. So you just knew each other from the neighborhood. Yeah. Like we just, yeah. And Duran graduated. I graduated with Sean in 95. Duran graduated a year earlier in 94. I
1: love when Sean was a senior and they, they sent me over and they're like, you're gonna be because Boone County kicked off against CovCat, and it's like we're gonna go live there because it was a 5:30 start. And I told them, I said we'll have a highlight for 5:50 because Sean Alexander will score a touchdown. You know he took the opening kickoff, zip, touchdown. So <laughs> we sent it back. And it's like I mean, Aaron, I guaranteed we'd have a touchdown from Sean Alexander, and he did it.
2: Boone County literally ran five plays. Yeah. And Sean was just so good that he ran for 300 yards and five touchdowns. Well, that's what. And and God bless
1: Owen Hauk. That's what you had to do. But we used to tease Owen. It's like, you're right next to the airport, but you never put the ball in the air. You've never (laughs) thrown (sighs) a pass. All
2: right. Have you you seen Austin yet? Who? Austin Alexander, Duran's kid. No. Yeah. Where's he going to school? Wherever the hell he wants, pretty much. I mean, he's been to UC. He's been to Notre Dame. He's been to Alabama. He's like, he's he playing at Cooper.
1: Oh, I'll see him tomorrow night, brother. What? hell do you think I brought this up? I don't know. You got to fill me in on this crap. I mean, I know a lot of people, but I don't know everyone. Aaron, you've lost control. I I've lost complete and that's
0: what happens when Chad enters the ring. And I've short.
2: class. You will run into Duran tomorrow because his son is the best player at Cooper. Okay. He's a defensive end. Will Chief knowing. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. He's a defensive end. That's where he's being recruited as a college player. He's also an outstanding tight end. Really? Yeah. He's very like. I know a
1: team that could use a tight end.
0: And a defensive end. <laughs> All right, George, you got anything else on college or on, on high school no, no. regional football? No, that's enough, and
1: that was funny. That's good All right. Stuff.
0: Well, that's going to wrap it up. That was another episode of George in the Jungle. Again, join us every Tuesday. Next week, I think we'll have us, our first sponsor. Uh, yeah, uh, I forgot join us every- the Remington Tavern hat for a reason, but we'll, we'll, well unveil that next week. We'll talk about that next week when we're better organized. (laughs) But uh, that's going to do it. Happy
1: Thanksgiving, everyone.
0: Happy Thanksgiving. But for George Vogel, I am Aaron Smith. We'll see you next week, 9 p.m.